Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. All right, going to switch things up. Good evening. Good afternoon and good morning. Whatever and wherever you might be listening to the podcast, never know when people start listening to these. So now I know they come out on, this is a big deal. They come out on Fridays, this Friday, March 1st. So we are already in March. It And I'm a, I'm a snow lover. I love cold weather, but I'm ready for the spring to have sprung. So I really am. So loving the sun the last two, three weeks actually off and on here in southern Indiana. And I am ready for March to hit and uh, take on and to move on into April and May and all that. So for that, and that's coming from a snow lover. So um, the only significant snow that I think I remember getting here in southern Indiana, I was in Florida <laughs> when that happened. Come on, how does that happen? I love snow and I'm in Florida when it actually snows here. Anyway, the other big news I want to tell you is last week, if you are tracking with the podcast, and thank you, I really appreciate the support and, again, the comments and love, love, love uh, engaging in the Word of God, whatever that looks like, whether it's over podcast or sermons or Joshua Center teachings and Bible studies and just I, one of my most favorite things to do in the world is to engage conversation and have great spirit-led and spirit-filled conversation about the Word of God, about the person of God, and about the love and power of God. It's one of my favorite things I get to do as a pastor, as a preacher, and just as a Christian. So thank you for all the support. And if you do appreciate the podcast, and uh, I know like on uh, Facebook or TikTok or whatever, they say subscribe or like or pass it on. But if you do like the podcast, I encourage you just to move it on to someone mention it to someone, say something to someone that says, hey, if you want a solid, biblically solid podcast that really does focus on the person and the power, it's named that for a reason, we really do try to focus on the person of the Holy Spirit, the personhood, the intimacy, and the just really experiencing and deepening that intimacy, and then the power, cultivating that relationship, then leads to experiencing supernatural power in our lives as led by and as directed by the Holy Spirit. So person and power, if that is uh, has been blessing you and you want to maybe invite others to listen, that would be a blessing. Really would appreciate that. But the other big news then is last week, if you've been tracking, was a year of podcast. Podcast number 52 last week. So this is podcast 53. So, but been a year of doing this and blessed and encouraged and uh, again, so appreciate the support. So we're going to jump into one of my favorite Old Testament stories. I say that, I feel like I say that a lot. I know I sing in the choir at first service here at Firmer Chapel. And Vicki Barr, uh, just dear, sweet woman of God, I like to say, oh, that's one of my favorites. Whenever we sing a hymn or sing a special, and that's one of my favorites. And she, she ribs me a few times like, all of them are your favorites, Pastor Tim. So maybe this is the same. There's a lot of favorites I have in the Bible, 
But this one is, is really is up there pretty high. One of my favorite stories. You have probably read through it, maybe. It might be, uh, it might be a little bit uh, obscure to you, but again, it's in Chronicles, and we're going to be uh, diving right in. Let's pray, and we'll dive right in. Lord, we love you. Thank you so very much for the Word of God. Thank you for the Spirit of God. Thank you for the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the faithfulness of God. We could go on and on and on. We are thankful and grateful for how you work in our lives, how you bless us, how you encourage us. I pray this podcast will do both blessing, encouraging, challenging. I pray that we will be uh, convicted where need be. Lord, uh, that's, conviction is a good thing. Uh, it really is. The conviction is not a bad thing from as long as the conviction is of the Lord. And we ask and pray that, that that's exactly what we want. We want you, Holy Spirit, to, to convict us. And, 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 and as you do that, Lord, then we're going to ask and pray that you would give us all that we need to respond to that conviction. So whatever we need to do, we, we pray at the end of this podcast, give us all that we need to respond accordingly. Just to hear a podcast on the Holy Spirit is not enough. We need to learn how to respond to the Spirit of God. So we love you, we thank you, and we trust that will happen here, even uh, with this podcast. In Jesus, your mighty and holy name. Amen and amen. All right, so again, Person and Power podcast jumping in. The series we've been in is Finding the Ruach HaKadosh in the Old Testament. The Hebrew word for spirit is Ruach. It also can mean breath and wind. There are 377 occurrences of Ruach in the Old Testament. Not all of them, Ruach HaKadosh. Many of them, but not all of them. But so much of it connected. Wind, breath, spirit. But when you pair up Ruach with HaKadosh, it means spirit of holy or spirit of the Holy One. Of course, the Holy Spirit. All right, here we go. We're going to find them. We're going to find them here. Let's start in 2 Chronicles 20. All right, so after this, okay, stop. <laughs> we got two words into this. We got to figure out what's after this. So let me read uh, verses 1 and 2, but then we're going to have to go back and figure out what, what's, what's after this because it is important. Sets the context. Context, come on, finish it. Context is everything. After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Meunites, that's, a, that's a, several ites, declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already in Hazazon Tamar, which is another name for Engidi. So, after this, this is really important. It's just the context. So you got to go back to Second Chronicles 18, at least in this. There's a, you, can, you can find this story. Kings and Chronicles, uh, they will share some of the same stories. There's some nuances that are different, and it's just a different way of sharing some of the same history. Love. You used to not appreciate Kings and Chronicles. I love Kings and Chronicles now. Why? Because it, it really does fill in the blanks with a lot of context. Historical and cultural context. So we know about the kings, right? King of kings of Israel and kings of Judah. Uh, Jehoshaphat's a king of Judah. One of the real weaknesses of Jehoshaphat early on, and we see this, he, he was influenced by the wrong people. He allowed himself to be influenced by the wrong people. Here's our first challenge. Make sure that you're being influenced by the Holy Spirit more than any other person. In order for that to happen, you and I are going to have to cultivate a relationship. 
you and I are going to have to be completely surrendered, completely dedicated, and completely intentional. Somebody say intentional about developing the relationship with the Holy Spirit so that we can be led, directed, guided, we can hear His voice, because otherwise we're going to let other people influence us. Like Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, jumping Jehoshaphat, he allowed King Ahab of all people. Come on, Ahab. Ahab is that evil king that uh, wanted to kill uh, Elijah. And of course, Ahab had all the 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah. And they, they met on Mount Carmel with the big contest against uh, Elijah and, and the God of Israel, Yahweh. And, and so Ahab married to Jezebel. And yet Jehoshaphat, we see in 2 Chronicles 18, we see Jehoshaphat forming an alliance. In fact, if you've been tracking the, uh, the podcast two weeks ago, spoke about that. Jehoshaphat and Ahab formed an alliance. And then there's that man, Micaiah, that was again two weeks ago. So again, that's what's happening. So after this, and he by, bear the, by the way, he barely escaped with his life. We know Ahab did not. Ahab was killed in battle, just as Micaiah prophesied. But Jehoshaphat escaped, but barely, okay? So now, after this, after a bad alliance, after barely, narrowly escaping with his life, now he's facing another real issue. He's the king of Judah, and now the armies of the Moabites, uh, the Ammonites, and the Meunites are now declaring war against Judah. So verse 3. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news, and this is really big. Look what happens. You get the really, and context is everything. Begged the Lord for guidance. You know what he would have done in chapter 18 of Chronicles? He would have gone running, he would have gone done running to Ahab or another king. But here he doesn't. He begs the Lord for guidance. That sets the rest of the story up, guys. That sets the whole rest of the chapter up. He also ordered everyone in Judah begin fasting. Now that's big. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Somebody say seek. Jehoshaphat learned to seek God's guidance. Now we know that today by his Holy Spirit. This is how God guides us, is by the Holy Spirit. And here Jehoshaphat is leading the people now to seek the Lord. Come on, that's good stuff. Verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed. This prayer, um, there have been several from history, Adam Clark being one of them, um, and, and even Charles Spurgeon. This is one of those just beautiful, wonderful prayers. It says it's one of these just high prayers. We're going to read it. It's, it's not real long, but it is really one of those beautiful prayers coming right from the heart of a man who's learned a few life lessons. O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and you are mighty. No one can stand against you. That's called vertical worship, guys. A lot of worship today is horizontal, right? Thank you for what you've done for us. That's not bad, except it needs to start with vertical. Our dear, precious friend, Christian Ball, who uh, Michael and Christian used to lead worship at Firmer Chapel uh, on such a regular basis. And, uh, but here, it's this vertical, right? You are ruler. You alone are God. You are powerful. You are mighty. No one can stand against you. 
That's vertical worship, guys. Verse 7, O oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in the presence before this temple and where your name is honored. We can cry out to you, O God, and to save us, and you will hear us and you will rescue us. What a statement of faith. What a statement speaking before the people now. So this is Jehoshaphat who's learned his lesson. Been running to Ahab, been running different places. His One of his big vices, one of his big weaknesses was he was prone to make unholy alliances. He was prone to be influenced by other sources other than God. Be sure that you aren't. Amen? How? Cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit within you. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. So they, Israel showed mercy to them. Now see how they reward us? For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? Won't you do it? Won't you do it? Won't, you, won't he do it? Of course he'll do it. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking for you to help. Come on. That's good stuff. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is humility by Jehoshaphat. This is this incredible uh, example of a king now that has learned his lesson. Jehoshaphat, for the most part, there were zero good kings of Israel. There were a handful, I think three maybe, maybe four, but that's maybe pushing it, but three good kings, maybe four good kings of, of, of Judah. And so there were a few good kings, but very, very few. And Jehoshaphat stands as one of them. He, he, he made some bad decisions early on. And, 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 and again, he learned, though he learned. And now he's a witness to the people of Judah. Verse 13, as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children. Don't you love that? The whole families of Judah were there. Here it is. Here it is. We're early this time. Sometimes, they, sometimes the Spirit of the Lord shows up a little later in the chapter here. Here, it's right here in verse 14. The Ruach HaKadosh came upon one of the men standing there. So, Spirit of God, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Holy One, the Holy Spirit came upon one of the men standing there. You know, there's a, a difference in coming upon and filling. But God did use the Holy Spirit in specific ways, kind of as a precursor to Pentecost. All of these that we're talking about in the Old Testament just simply point to this real significant time called Pentecost where the Holy Spirit no longer just comes upon, but the Holy Spirit comes in. These are important terms and important differences. So the Holy Spirit came upon, still going to use this man. We're going to find out here in just a second who he is. But this, this man was used by God because the Spirit filled him, came upon him, but did not fill him. He was not filled permanently. He was not, feel, he was not filled at that point like we are filled after Pentecost. Does that make sense, right? All right. All the men of Judah stood. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name, Jehaziel. Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeel, son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. So Jehaziel, Jehaziel. Um, so here's what he says in verse 15. He says, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. 
This is what the Lord says. Now that is some pretty big words. Those are big words. This is what the Lord says. So what's happening is the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Jehaziel and gives him the ability to prophesy. Now in the Old Testament, prophecy is foretelling. In the New Testament, we are, we are told, we are invited, and maybe some would say, and I would be one of those probably, commanded to prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Check it out. Right comes right after the love boat. I'm sorry, the love chapter comes right after the love chapter. And, and, and the love chapter has nothing to do with weddings. But there's this greatest gift of all, and it's love, because God is love. So all gifts must be operated and done and used with, by, by, by the power of and with the understanding of and with the motive of love, because God is love. But 1 Corinthians 14.1 clearly says, I wish that all of you, I would want that all of you eagerly desire the gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. That's what it says. Eagerly desire all the gifts, whatever gifts, just eagerly desire them. Pray for them. Ask God for them especially the gift of prophecy. Now, prophecy in the New Testament is foretelling. Prophecy in the Old Testament was foretelling, very different. Foretelling, saying, here's what's going to happen. God's going to go before you. Here's what I can tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to put, I'm going to put my reputation on the line as a prophet because, remember, in Deuteronomy, the rule of thumb for false prophecy was the prophecy didn't come to pass. If the prophecy didn't come to pass, you were a false prophet. Labeled that for pretty much the rest of your days. You only kind of had one shot at this. If you said one time, this is what the Lord says, thus saith the Lord, and it doesn't come, and, and then thusly, you are a false prophet. So you got one shot at this. So there's some, there's some real reputation on the line here. But, but Jehaziel says, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Now, that's, that's encouragement, okay? Nothing so far dangerous. Nothing so far kind of putting yourself on the line until you get to the very next sentence. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up into the, the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Come on. There have been times in, in, in history and in, in the discourse of Scripture where God has told people to do certain things. I don't know, maybe uh, when he told the 12 spies and the company of Israel to take the land. Remember that one? <laughs> Remember that one? Where, uh, unfortunately, only two of the 12 spies, Caleb and Joshua, said, yeah, we should take it. And the 10 said, nope, they spread a bad report. So it's not a given here. It's not a given that tomorrow they're going to go out and into this battle. It's not a given. But the Spirit of the Lord has come upon Jehaziel. And Jehaziel says, go. Tomorrow you will go. Not only will you march out against them, here's exactly where you're going to find them. And not only are you going to find them there, you're going to watch the Lord be victorious because you are not even going to need to fight. Now that is a prophecy. Here's a question. First of all, listening right now, right here where you are, where are you with prophecy? Are you, are you even aware that we're called to be prophetic voices today? I mean... Uh, do, do you wrestle with, have you wrestled with, do you want to wrestle with 1 Corinthians 14.1? Scripture, clear scripture, clear exhortation, 
eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Have you ignored that one? Have you just bypassed that one? That's for another denomination. That's for another church. That's for another person. Are you committing yourself to say, okay, Lord, I don't know very much about prophecy, but I'm sure going to find out. Because while this prophecy from Jehaziel is different than the prophecy that that we're being commanded, exhorted to in, 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 and encouraged to pursue in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it's still relying on the Spirit of God. Is that making sense? So this is all still relying on the Holy Spirit. So I just want to ask you, where are you at with prophecy? Because I think it's important still to this day. So verse 18. So again, nothing settled yet, but knowing that King Jehoshaphat is now seeking out the Lord, we kind of have a feeling I think this is going to turn out well. King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. All the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Once again, you see a king leading by example in a good way. Then the Levites from the clans of Korath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early in the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, I love this. This is my favorite part. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. So he's so King Jehoshaphat has got Jehaziel's back because Jehaziel, Jehaziel is the one who was prophesying, right? So King is saying, Believe the prophets. But you know what he's saying? Believe that that prophet was filled with the Spirit of God. Don't you want people to believe what you say? Don't you want people to believe that you speak for God? Don't you want people to believe that you hear from God and that your counsel, your advice, your suggestions, your thoughts are His? See, the Spirit of God can do that. The Spirit of God wants to do that. Don't you want the people around you to know you speak for God? Don't you want that? Verse 21, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Michael W. Smith was there. That's one of his favorite, one of the famous songs I remember. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithfulness endures forever. His mercy endures forever. And so he puts the praise team in front. He puts the praise team in front. Come on. Praise is important. I, I, I'm blessed to help lead the uh, youth right now, uh, help with the youth. We've got great youth leaders at the church right now, and, um, volunteer youth leaders who are just doing a great job. And I'm, I'm blessed to help with that. And I'm, we're trying to teach these youth. Worship is critically important, critically important. Because, look at verse 22. At that moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Mass confusion among them. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. (laughs) So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped That I call a prophecy. That is a fulfilled prophecy. King Jehoshaphat and all his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder, it took them three days just to collect it. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, 
which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. This is so good. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. <laughs> Woo! Now listen, I wish I could tell you that everything about Jehoshaphat was good. Uh, he made a bad decision with Ahab later on. Ah! Uh, he still makes a, 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 an alliance with King a King um, uh, as uh, Ahaziah, and and unfortunately uh, Ahaziah was wicked, wicked, wicked. Uh, so again, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, uh, Jehoshaphat made some still bad decisions. But I want to focus here, just right here, just right now, for these last uh, for this last minute. Jehoshaphat trusted in the man who was filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't you want to be that person? Don't you want to be Jehaziel? Don't you want to be that person whom the Lord has so filled with his Holy Spirit? Don't you want to be the person that people can depend on because you're so filled with the Holy Spirit that you will guide them well, you'll direct them well, you'll be able to offer what God wants you to offer to them? Don't you want to be that person? Don't you want to be the person, the prophet, of the king is the one on whom the Spirit of the Lord came upon. Don't you want to be that person where you are known and you are trusted in some important decisions? This was critically important. If, if, if Jehaziel got it wrong, all of the army, I mean, this is one army against three, three against one. If he was wrong, the Israel's wiped out. So, do you want to be the person that people trust with a critically important decision and guidance at a time where it's needed? Then make sure you're filled with the Ruach HaKadosh and you will be trusted to speak and lead in the name of God. Amen? Be blessed. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.